And so this morning, if you would take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 and 25, thank you for standing in honor of the reading of God's Word. It says here, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it is true and without error. God, we pray that today that through the power of the Holy Spirit, it would pierce our hearts. And God, today, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. God, we lift up those who are dealing with sickness, those who have lost loved ones. God, I pray that they would receive a touch from you as only you can. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, this is a quote. The title of my message is a quote, and that is you and I saying this. So what I'm going to do, here's a little audience participation for you. I'm going to say it, and then I want you to say it back to me, okay? Because we, do we mean this? It's the Trinity fam. Do we mean this today? So wholeheartedly, I want you to know I want God's best for you. Well, that was about oh, 75% of my friends want God's best for me. So I'm, I'm going to say it again. Maybe it's because I pointed to this side. I'll point to this side this time. I want God's best for you. There we go. Now I want you to turn to the person on your right and your left right now and go ahead and share that with somebody else. One, two, three. Now you got to look at them, okay? If you really mean it, you got to look at them. So let's try this one more time. Find, maybe you need to find somebody else, okay? To look at. Look them in the eyes and mean it. Like you say it like you mean it, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. That was a little better. That was a little better. For some of you, that was awkward. For some of you, that was the nicest thing you've said to your child since they let out of school for Christmas break. But in these scriptures today, we're going to find out that the Hebrew writer, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is sharing with us the words of God and saying that we should want God's best for each other. Now, that might sound like a great idea for some of us. We might even embrace it. But we, do we truly mean it? Do we truly mean it? And you can find out how you mean this, how you genuinely feel about this statement, based upon what we find here in these two scriptures we just read. So, maybe you're wondering, how can I know, how can you and I know that we truly mean this when we say it? There's some indicating factors that we can find here in these scriptures, and I hope that you can relate to these as we move through the points of the, this message today. Found in verse 24, as we read it again, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do we genuinely want God's best enough that we're willing to spur one another along toward love and good deeds? Do we want that for each other? Do we want that for God's people? Do we want that for our families? Do we want that for our friends? Not what the culture says is best, but what God's best is for their life. 
So the first point today and how we can know that is we're going to work together. As the body of Christ, we will work together. And as I mentioned earlier, as I was bragging on Jeff and his leadership in our music ministry here at Trinity, Pastor Robbie, I know you can agree with me in this. Here at Trinity, we have some of the best volunteers serving God behind the scenes on the face of this earth. And as a family, as a father who has experienced that in my own house and how you faithfully have served my children and me and my wife, I want to say thank you. Those of you that are those volunteers, you know who you are. You're those that are serving in Awana, those that are serving in Life Group, those that are serving maybe even right now that aren't even in the room over here in the nursery taking care of the little ones, the preschoolers, the toddlers, the babies. Those that are maybe behind the scenes building uh, backgrounds and sets and putting up decorations, standing, standing at the door, being a door holder and welcoming people into God's house. Working together, spurring one another along towards love and good deeds. And I thank God for you. As a minister of families, along with the ministry placement team, we work countless hours putting God's people into those places and we never get to say enough, thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being the body of Christ. Thank you for using those gifts and those talents and those abilities for His glory. In fact, those that are serving in our children's areas and our youth areas, don't forget about Wednesday night. It's a little commercial time, by the way. Don't forget about Wednesday night. We're going to have a time of fellowship here. If you've served in the nursery, if you've served anywhere, preschool, Awana, life group, be here Wednesday night. We'll give you a Chick-fil-A. Everybody likes that, right? Chick-fil-A sandwich and some fellowship time and kids' activities. We've got some neat things that are going to happen out here in the gym. We just want to do that. Small little token of our appreciation for your faithfulness. But the way we're going to know that we want God's best for each other is we're going to have to work together. And you know, when I think about that, I think about something that I enjoy very much. Me, in fact, and my son, and we probably get this uh, problem from our dad, from my dad, from his granddad, and also Titus's other granddad. We like to rabbit hunt. Anybody here like to rabbit hunt? Not us chasing, well, we kind of do, but the beagles do the hunting. Is anybody following with me now? Beagles. It's a rabbit dog that barks. Woo, 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 woo. Anybody want to do it with me? Woo, 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 woo. And so beagles have a distinct bark, and they have an amazing job. You say, what is that? I mean, they, you know, wet trees and sniff each other and and probably eat dead animals. No, beagles are amazing in the fact that the way God designed them, that they will chase rabbits. Not just one dog chasing the rabbit, but the whole pack of dogs working together to chase the rabbits. And when they're going through the woods or through the briars or, or through who knows what, that's just this hard terrain to move through, they're staying together and they're barking. And usually there's one that jumps the rabbit, and then all the rest of them get behind him, or get behind her, and they, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. You see, I'm fired up about it. 
One reason I get excited about it is because I love to hunt rabbits and see the dogs run, and I love to shoot those rabbits. Titus, he killed his first rabbit earlier this year. It was, oh man, it was an exciting time in our family. We had a special dinner. No. But the other reason, and, I, and I, it took me a little while to appreciate this. It took me a little while to understand this. See, my dad, he trains beagles all year long around the calendar. The season's just a few months to where you actually hunt them and kill them. But all, all year long, he trains these beagles so that when that time for the season comes, we can chase rabbits and listen to dogs run and have a big time. But I have grown to appreciate the fact, I believe more than anything, is to see these dogs do what God has designed them to do. And so what they do is they chase these rabbits in a pack. They bark. And it's an amazing thing. Now you say, what's so amazing about that? What's amazing about it to me is that they are doing what God designed them to do. Together. Did you get that? Isn't that amazing? And when that happens, these beagles are glorifying God as they work together for one purpose. Now, that's a dog, right? What about us? Are we spurring one another along toward love and good deeds? Working together, doing what God's designed us to do. Are you ready so we can glorify Him? Through our talents and our abilities, our resources, our time, all that God has blessed us with, working together. See, I think when those dogs are barking, that's a good picture of what we should be doing as God's people. Following along behind those leaders. Following along behind uh, God's chosen men and women and saying, I want to cheer you on. I want to help you. I want to do it with you. Let's get excited about it. Let's reach people for Jesus. And spur one another along toward love and good deeds. I'm excited about that. Maybe I had too much caffeine this morning. But I want to do... And I want you to do, because it's God's best. Are you with me? What God has designed us to do for His glory. And we can do that together. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like? And so here's, here's how we can work together. I've already mentioned a little bit of it. We can work together in our service. I've heard it said that some of us need to get up off of our stool of do-nothing and go to serving God, the one who gave his life and gave his son for us. We can, we can work together in our commitment. We're committed to a lot of things, right? All over the world. We look back at our calendar in 2017 and we're like, how can I fit one more thing in 2018 to be successful? I think we should take some of those things away and commit more of our time, abilities, talents, resources to God. Our personal devotion and walk, that, that daily quiet time. For some of us, we can't wait. Okay, like Jeff said, we're going to tomorrow now. I'm going to start one of those Bible reading plans on version, and I'm going to work together and get prepared and ready in 2018 to do what God's designed me to do and so I might glorify Him. 
other ways that we can work together and prepare for what we all should do as the body of Christ is our testimony. Some of us need to work on our testimony outside of here. <laughs> you know, we're, we're good at being sweet in here. We need to be sweet out there, right? We need to be salt and light out there. And then here's, here's where we get a little nervous, okay? I guess it's a minister of families. You, you, you kind of get excited about this kind of thing. For some of us, we need to work together in our giving. Now, I mentioned our talents and our abilities and, and, and our time, but some of us need to get up off of our stool and do nothing so we can get our wallet out of our back pocket, right? And give, not what is a gift, but what God's commanded, right? That tenth. Give it so that His kingdom may be built. For some of us, we need to finally just... We've been doing all that. We've been serving. We've been giving monetarily and through our resources and through our time. But now it's time for us to put our money where our mouth's at, right? And become a member of God's church. That shows that commitment. And as I mentioned earlier, some of us need to just get up an hour earlier and come to Bible study, the life group, spend time in prayer with others. So that's one way we're going to know that we want God's best for each other is we're going to work together in all these areas and commit those things to Him. And like Jeff said, I love that, Jeff. Not tomorrow, today. But the second thing, as we're spurring one another along, and love and good deeds, we're not going to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Second thing is we're going to worship together. Worship Jesus together in His church for you and I as believers who have been saved by grace through Jesus Christ. This time of worship, the Lord's Day, should be the centerpiece of our lives every single week. Not what's tacked on at the end. Worshiping together and magnificent, Pastor Robbie, and how we were led in worship today, week in and week out. And that can become so mechanical and not organic anymore. It's just us, we're going to go through the motions, check that off of the list, and wait till next week. This should be the highlight of our week because we're worshiping Jesus, the one who saved us, the one who loves us. The one who has redeemed us. I brought this up here because, again, you're in kids' worship today. And I asked my dad to bring this because in his office, he used to have his whole top two shelves lined with little churches like this. In fact, people started noticing it and they started giving him churches. And so this one's a birdhouse. This one's kind of neat. I've seen it and remember it. And so I called him this morning. I said, bring one of those churches with you today. I want to use it as a visual illustration. Now, before I talk about this, how many of you remember? You talk about your church here. You ready? Put your hands together. Just like this. Okay. Now, invert it so that it looks like that. You with me? Your fingers are on the inside, not on the outside. Now, you ready? Say it with me, those that know. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. And where are all these people? 
inside the church. So I remember that as a little kid, and I remember learning that as a, as a little one in Sunday school, and my parents were very faithful, and, and I'm so thankful for this blessing. Those of you that have parents that drag you to church, it, it's a blessing. I promise you'll realize that when you get older. Because it, it, it is where my spiritual formation began to happen. It is where I learned the things of God that are sacred, that are timeless, that are true. And parents, those of you, and, I, and if you're here today, I'm sure you brought your kids with you. Those that have grown kids now, you know what I'm talking about. You can relate to this. There is no better investment in the next generation in your home or as you serve here in this place than to make it a point to have your kids, your grandkids in this place weekly, weekly hearing those things. So the writer's saying we shouldn't give up meeting together as some in the habit are doing, right? And so I can remember as a, a child growing up and seeing these churches accumulate, and I can also remember as a child on when, in, in my teenage years and, and when I'm out staying late with my friends on Friday night and Saturday night, had a curfew, and you know my dad would say, hey, that's fine, you hang out with your friends, you meet your curfew, but at he said 8.30, but for me most of the time it was 9 o'clock. At 8.30, you're getting up, and we're going to Sunday school. And I used to think, what in the world? I'm tired. I'm sleepy. And I just couldn't understand. Why do we have to go to church to be a follower of Jesus Christ? I mean, if I miss one, it ain't going to be no big deal, right? If I, if I miss out on that, it ain't no, that's not no big thing. And so as I got older, I started, you know, realizing, wow, following Jesus Christ is, is, is something more than just going to a place at a certain time. And I used to wonder why he accumulated all these churches. I used to wonder why we used to, we go on vacation to a place and we'd go find a church. Some of those turned out all right, some of them didn't, you know what I mean? And I used to wonder, what's the big deal? I mean, if we miss, you know, oh well, we'll pick it up next week, right? We're not perfect. And again, a disclaimer here, I'm not promoting legalism. I'm just promoting following Jesus today and worshiping him in his house. And so I used to wonder, why does he accumulate all these things? Why would you have churches in your office? Why would you get your kids up? Why are you at the beach and go somewhere down the road to a church you don't even know? Why in the world is he waking me up at 8.30 on a Sunday morning to go to Sunday school? Just let me sleep in, right? We'll, we'll make it to preaching. And then I began to realize it wasn't just going to church. It wasn't just fulfilling an obligation. It was more than that. This represented a part of our family's life, a huge part of our family's life, a part of his life that showed that once he was lost, now he is found. And I want to go there and I want to worship Jesus, the one who saved me. I don't want to miss that. There's everything under the sun we can miss. Amen? But why miss an opportunity to corporately worship with those believers that we're working together with. 
Why miss that? It should be all of what we put our time and effort into each and every week. So, it's not, we're not just here just because we meet and then we do it and then we leave. We're just not here because that's what we're supposed to do. We're not just here because that's what mama and them did back when they took us to church. We're here engaged. We're here involved in worship. Not worried about what everybody around us is doing. Not here to be entertained, but to worship the audience of one. Oh, and it's so worth it. And so as I got older, I began to realize the significance of the little churches. As I had my own family and, and was married and began to see God use the church to transform who we were. To see my own children come home from the church that they had been in where you faithfully served and spoke truth and love into their life and they come home and they said, Daddy, I need to be saved. And to have an opportunity to lead them to the Lord. To see them baptized and to have, have a part in that. You've had a part in that. And it all happened here. Why? Not because this place is special, but because who is here and who is meeting here with us and who this was died for. We were died for so that we could be His body. Worshiping together, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So whatever we could consider as the focus of life, you know this, Christ is better. And that happens here as we worship Him. Why is he better? Because guess what? Christ is. Are you with me? Christ is the perfect revelation of God. Christ is the final and complete sacrifice for sin. Christ is compassionate and under, the understanding mediator. Christ is the only way to eternal life. And what do we do? We hear that here. Christ is the giver of grace, mercy, and forgiveness of sin. To God be his glory. Christ is the rescuer, the redeemer, the reconciler. That's why we worship together. That's why we worship together. Third thing today, how are we going to know that we truly mean that we want God's best for each other, that we want God's best for our family, that we want God's best for, for this body here? Is we're going to as you continue on reading in verse 25 so that we can encourage one another. It's going to begin with words of encouragement. Not something that we have to make ourselves do, but because of all of what we just talked about, just because of all of what Christ has done, we're going to not be that beagle over on the side barking, somebody come play with me, I'm sad, you're not over here with me. But no, we're going to be... Just like those beagles are barking, we're going to be, go, let's chase the rabbit. And what we're going to do instead of chasing the rabbit, we're going to say, let's go, let's chase after Jesus and bring other people alongside of us all the way until He comes or until we take our last breath. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. I was convicted by something, you know, these New Year's resolutions that we all like to make. Titus asked me earlier this week, he said, Daddy, what are you going to do for your New Year's resolutions? I'm thinking, man, he's already thinking about it, and it ain't even crossed my mind, right? 
And so I thought about that real close, and I said, you know, maybe it's not a resolution I should make. Maybe it's a commitment to God that I need to make with my big mouth that even if it is true, you don't have to say it. You with me? (laughs) Some of us, just because we have the answer, just because we think we know the right way to do it, just because it might be the truth, that don't mean we need to say it. Now, I understand you need to share truth and love and grace, but sometimes we need to keep our big mouth shut if ain't nothing good coming out of it. What did Mama say? If you can't say nothing nice, that's right. If God says, if you can't say nothing that honors Him, keep your mouth shut. And so we have to encourage one another. That's all going to be the fruit of us living this life of worship. This us coming together in this place, worshiping together, working together, all because of what Christ has done. And then we're just going to be overflowing with this joy that we sang about at Christmas, right? Some of us are, man, I'm on the downside now. Christmas is over. Kids need to go back to school. I hadn't said those encouraging words to them over these last few days. Some of us need to get right with God and commit to Him to encourage one another. That's how we're going to know we want God's best. It's going to be the fruits of our lives, encouraging one another with our words. Love and be loved. Serve and be served. And here's what you miss out on when we don't worship together, when we don't work together, when we don't encourage each other, when we neglect that. And we forego these Christian meetings, these times of worship that we have each week. We're giving up the worship of our Savior, but guess what? We also forfeit the encouragement and the help of other Christians. I need you and you need me. We need each other. Pastor Robbie mentioned in our prayer there at the beginning where you saw God do something amazing in 2017 and you had to call upon him to, for help because you were at your wit's end. Think about what God has done for us. And because of that, let's be an encouragement to each other. Let's worship together in spirit and in truth. Let's work together so that Many may come to know him. You know, when you think about that, I can't help but think about Barnabas. If you go back and look in Acts chapter 4, you find where all of the believers came and brought their possessions. All of the believers sold land and they, they, they brought the money and they laid it at the apostles' feet. And then right there at the very end, I, I hope you want to be in a, a Barnabas, but right there at the very end in those last few verses, it said that Barnabas came and, and when Luke is writing about him there, he describes him as the son of encouragement. And he sold a piece of land, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. I don't know about you, but I believe Barnabas led the charge in the early church being an encouragement. His name was listed. He, he was a descriptor, the son of encouragement. We need some Barnabases. 
today, right? In our church. We need some people that are just going to say, hey, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's work together. Let's worship together. See, you wonder why lost people on the outside don't want to come on the inside because we in here being mean to one another. Right? We in here tearing each other down instead of building each other up. Now, I'm not saying that's a problem here at Trinity, but the devil can make it one in just a few minutes. So let's be a Barnabas and be known as a son and a daughter of encouragement. You see, God wants you. He wants me. But the body of Christ needs you and your encouragement. See, when you're not here and you're not living that encouraging attitude, when we're not working together but against each other, we're suffering as a body. We're not building each other up. So why don't we do all of this? What's the importance? How does this apply to my life? Why should I do this, Pastor Ben? You've mentioned the, the reason for worship, but then finally today, this is... Why we do it until Jesus comes. Are you ready? It's so that we win others. Now, I know the Holy Spirit convicts and Jesus saves, but we need to be the torchbearers of the gospel. We need to be the gospel shoes that are taking the gospel to our homes, taking the gospel to our schools, taking the gospels to our locker rooms and dugouts, taking the gospel to our workplace. That's us. And that's why it's so important and how all of this fits together and continues circulating back around over and over and over. That's why it's so vital. That's why it has such an eternal impact for us today as believers is if that we decide, I'm going to forsake the assembling together with others, as we like to say in the King's English. As we... Decide I'm not going to work together and spur one another along in love and good deeds. I'm going to have a bad attitude and guess what's happening all around us. We just sang about coming to the altar. When is the last time a lost person, I'm talking to myself when I say this. When is the last time a lost person that we brought with us to this place walked an aisle and prayed to receive Christ? The reason we worship, the reason we work together, the reason we encourage is so that others may be one. 2018 may be different, not because of something in my life, but, be, but because of what God is doing all around us through His people, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of what Jesus has done. And we're the catalyst for others being one. So it's not a resolution that we make. It's a commitment to God that we make. Because a resolution, that's us trying on our own. A commitment's asking God to help us. We ask God to help us today. To truly mean, I want God's best for you. Not what's best for my life, but what's best for your life. Do you want that today? God's best. The song we sang earlier, 
a little tag on the end. Jeff picks at us a little bit. Me and Pastor Robbie, we always think the song's over. And maybe that's why he didn't include it as an invitation song. Because we always miss the last little part of that, oh, come to the altar. And guys in the back, you feel free to put it up there. But it says, bear your cross as you wait for your crown. Notice in these scriptures, as we go back and look, it says, and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day when Christ comes. But until that day comes, bear your cross as you wait for your crown. How you like that? Tell the world of the treasure you found. Don't you want to share that? Don't you want to worship the one who gave it to us and serve him here in his church? Not our church, his church. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, today I pray as the Holy Spirit's power is all around in the hearts and lives of your people. God, I pray that it would be more than a resolution. No, God, not a resolution. A commitment to you. Asking you for help so that you might be glorified, so that you might receive all the credit as we worship, as we work together, as we encourage each other, so that many might be one for your glory. God, I thank you that faithful men and women spoke truth into my life. My parents spoke truth into my life. People who worked in the church and served him faithfully week in and week out, planting those seeds of the gospel. Because of them, I was one. I was saved. I was reconciled. I was rescued. I was redeemed. God, today I pray for those who know you that we would make a commitment to you to serve you, worship you, and love you like we never have before in our entire life. And until that day approaches that we would do that with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, and all of our strength. God, I thank you for the reason we worship. God, I thank you for the reason that we live. And it's all because of Jesus. And Lord, today, if there is a man or a woman, a young lady, young man, boy or girl, that needs to come and accept this treasure, accept this greatest gift of eternal life that only comes through Jesus, God, I pray that they would come today before it's everlasting too late. God, as we wait on you, may we pray in our hearts for the Holy Spirit's power to move. For us in your name we pray.